HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Nyman Ranch. I'm Paul Willis, a fifth-generation farmer and co-founder of Nyman Ranch Pork Company. Learn more about us at nymanranch.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're diving straight no chaser into the delicious crossover of the food and jazz worlds. And I think that sense of nostalgia is what makes it hard to do New Orleans food well because people just have these memories of these dishes. Certainly people from New Orleans, like, you're never going to make, you know, a gumbo as good as their mother or grandmother made, right? Comfort food, you got to get your hands dirty and the jazz is musicians. It's like it all goes together very well, you know? Check out Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup wherever you listen to podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Souther! Hey, buddy. Hey, man. It feels like it's been... Forever since it's you've been, been in the room with me. It's been uh, a couple of months, a few months, man. You've something been, like that. You've been gallivanting. Man, I've been I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> you Johnny Cash now? Yeah, I've been everywhere, man. Nice. Uh dude, I I'm glad to be back. I know it's been uh we've been we've both had pretty like hectic, crazy fall seasons heading into the winter and uh yeah, man. I missed you at uh the Heritage Radio Network uh ten year anniversary party. Yeah, uh sad I couldn't be there, but I was uh, already committed to, uh, this year to be uh you know, I was a dean for the second year mm-hmm. in a row at Portland Cocktail Week, which I think is a pretty important thing to do each year. Um you know, it's a great educational opportunity and the fact that it's it's free of charge to all students who get accepted um kind of busts down a barrier that I had never really thought about. You know, I don't I think frankly I don't think of things enough. Uh I'm not I'm not thoughtful. <laughs> I'm not thoughtful or introspective enough, but but I realized uh, um, after doing it, the, after being a dean the first year, I've taught there in the past, but after being a dean the first year, I realized that the, 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 the nature of it being cost-free for the students means that a bunch of barriers get broken down, barriers to entry for people who maybe wouldn't be able to afford those kind of things. So um, I think it's really important, and of course I'm going to continue to do it as long as I can, but uh, I was out there for a week teaching classes. Uh, I was the dean of bartending and hospitality, which is just one of the schools of uh, discipline that's, that was offered this year. They also had... Um, you know, technology and uh, uh, sustainability and obviously ownership and management. And it's just a really cool 
cool fucking thing. So I, I hated to not be at the gala, but you you held that down, so that was good. Yeah, it was a blast. Um, it was great. I had the uh, Grand Army Beverage Director Brendan Biggins, as you know. Um, he was there uh, with me. Hold it down. Yeah, and great. Greg Benson. Um, yep, uh, yep. We had our the Moria Margo and the uh, Grand Army bar booths next to each other. I had a great time. Right on. Uh, you were sorely missed. Um, but yeah, I, I I hear that Portland Cocktail Week was just as great as uh, expected. Yeah, this man. Year, so. Yeah, I think it's close to two thousand students that come through, and uh, you know, again, you you apply and you apply to the school, the discipline. It's, it's run like a college. You you apply for the discipline that you'd, you'd like to go to the most. Lots of drinking involved. In late uh, nights. Crazy enough, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, one of the things about Portland Cocktail Week that's unique to sort of all the other cocktail conferences is that none of the classes involve tastings. So when you're in class, you're 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 there to sort of study and learn and listen. Um, plenty of parties and, and, and dinners that go on in the evenings, but the daytime is kind of like very, you know, scholastic. You know, I've actually, re- like, just over the past, like, year or two, I've, I've noticed a pretty marked change. I know that I talked about this a little bit before, like, a year ago or so, like, when I was at uh, Camp Runamuck for both summer sessions. Mm-hmm. Actually, we, in the studio today, we have Mariah Kunkel. She and I, we were, we both worked for Brooklyn Gin, and we were sponsoring Cabin for, uh, the spring and, and fall sessions uh, there. And it was a market change just in one summer where the first session was like crazy party time. <laughs> and then the second session was very much more like kind of tightened up. Like the all the campers were really, it wasn't really so much about the party. It was more about the education. I mean, like, you know, obviously like there's, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of that sure, anyway, it's a, but it's a fine line in our field, you know, like, uh, you know, you think of any conference, you know, I used to live in a conference town, New Orleans, right? So conferences come through in any conference, uh, you know, the, the national dentist association would come through and those dudes would be in the daytime, certainly taking notes and being serious and all that thing. Yeah. But then they're cutting loose. Well, our business is the business of cutting loose. So even the learning opportunities are often peppered with, you know, some some cutting loose. I remember there's so I get a, it. like I get for it. a few years there for <laughs> during Tales of the Cocktail, there's like the National Youth Group Convention happening. Oh yeah, at the same, at the same time, time yeah. which is like the craziest <laughs> like paradox. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, they're all passing out pamphlets in the in the French Quarter, and we're all passing out in the French Quarter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what's going on? You've got your uh, your pop up in Union Square going on right now, right? I your do, I do. Um, so I'm doing the Union Square Holiday Market. It's the first year that I'm doing it, um, and I'm selling uh, all manner of bitters and my books, um, which are now two. Right, I have. I'm just here for the drinks, which is just over a year old. Um, plus, Congrats. I wrote a thank you. Plus, I wrote a. Um, it's like a little holiday stocking stuffer sized book. It's a paperback. Uh, it's called Let's Get Blitzen. It's a 60 mm-hmm. holiday themed cocktails with lots of like winter and fall flavors and mainly just a bunch of um, points and tips on, you know, how to do large format cocktails, punch bowls, et cetera, things like that to keep it, to keep your party happening without you having to sort of step away from your party and, uh, and not be involved. Uh, so a lot of bitters in my books and it goes on until Christmas Eve. I share a booth with my buddy, uh, um, Dan, he's uh, one half of Coffee Brothers uh, Coffee. Uh, they locally roasted whole bean coffee roaster uh, in Long Island City, Queens. So it's coffee and bitters at my booth in Union Square until Christmas Eve. So if you're in town, stop by and see me. I'll happily sign a book for you. I'll be out there freezing my toes off, so you might want to bring me a flask or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got a bottle of Old Overhold sitting there. But... Yeah, I was going to say, you've got, you've got something there. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, keeping myself warm. Um, but it's it's great fun so far. You know, it's good to be out there and see all of New York come through, and uh, you know, over a million human beings walk through the market every year. It's uh, 
the Urban Space Union Square, Holiday Market in Union Square. So people are, you know, people who are commuters, people who are tourists, like we're getting everybody. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. And uh, it's really fun. Like it's an atmosphere of like, I don't know, somewhat, it kind of has this somewhat old world feeling. You know, it's all these outdoor booths uh, selling, you know, all manner of things. Uh, I'm on the row that's called uh, uh, Provisions, uh, which is just like oh, mostly consumables, you know. So I'm surrounded by like, the guys from Spice and Teas, and they've been in the market for 24 years. The market's been around wow. since 1972. Um, I'm, I'm right across the hall from the Truffleist, the guy who does truffle oil and truffle hot sauce and truffle honey and truffle everything, right? Uh, truffle salami, pretty delicious. And then right next to him Sounds is um, Farm to Table, which is a, a, a hot sauce company. And then right next to that is uh, the, the guys who sell local honey. So it's, it's pretty cool uh, to be involved in, in this situation. So Very cool. Uh, listeners, if you're in town, please come by and see me and pick up some stuff uh, for holiday gift giving. Very cool. Yeah, man. You know, I, I love this time of year in New York, especially because, I mean, I have, I've lived in, I moved to, uh, Marin County to the Bay Area uh, just over a year ago. Um, it was last September. And our uh, loss. Oh well, no. I come back. I come I, back. I, I, but I, it's I. it's I, I appreciate it so much more whenever I come back here, not being here all the time because it's like especially this time of year where it's like holiday season and it really starts feeling like there are a lot of different New Yorks. You know what I mean? And like this is like holiday season in New York is a, a really special time. I, I was never really. I didn't really give a shit about the holidays so much for a very long time, but it's like it just feels different this time of year when you're like when you're in New when you're in New York during the holidays. It's a it's a special thing, and especially like well, for instance, like tomorrow is yeah. repeal day. That's a big day. That's why and, you're here. Yeah, part of the reason uh, I'm I'm hosting uh, uh, the repeal day party on Friday at the James Beard House, um, along with a uh, friend's friend's show, uh, Claire Sprouse from Lucky Dory. Um, and tomorrow actually marks my nine year anniversary with Heritage Radio Network. Yeah, your first appearance nine years ago, yeah. repeal day. Mm-hmm. Which show were you on? This was before the Speakeasy existed. On, yeah, it was what ended up turning in. Like it was the the reason why I got the offer to get the show, which turned into Speakeasy, like a month later. Um, I was on the main course, which is Patrick Martin's show, founder of the um, founder of the whole deal, founder of Heritage Radio. And heritage foods. And heritage foods, yeah. And um yeah, so I you know, especially what what we kind of touched on before, kinda of wanna to touch on this for a second too. Like the the way that like the industry not just the industry, but like consumers too, the way that they have there's been like a, a kind of a an interesting shift in the way that like you said, especially with like Portland Cocktail Week, where it's like not so much of a party, it's kind of like there's it, it almost feels like there was the initiation that was like celebratory and like kind of party vibes, but now right. it's like, all right, now now we're getting into this like in a more like educational, uh, academic way. So I feel like when from nine years ago when I did the show, I, it was on Repeal Day, so I had to talk about prohibition, right? I mean, I was I had like all these other ideas to talk about uh, like different subject matters, but then I I was I had a, a just a air of relief because I was like, Oh, it's repeal day. I can talk about prohibition. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's easy. That's the big Let's topic, right? You know, but it, it's interesting to see how that subject has kind of morphed over the years from rather than being like an excuse to celebrate alcohol coming back into legality. 
But now it's like it, I feel like every year it becomes more and more in depth and educational, which yeah. is great. That means that we've hit this certain kind of like bell curve. Like I don't want to say bell curve like in uh, the wrong way, but like you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, of it, course, the like, cosine. It's yeah. a wave. It's a wave we're on, yeah. uh, where we've come to you know we've come to sort of like respect and revere more than just sort of like uh, observe and, and party. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's a good thing. Um, speaking of that, it's a good tie into what I wanted to mention as well. Um, so repeal day is tomorrow, the fifth, um, which ended prohibition. January sixteenth, um, one hundred years ago, on this January sixteenth is when repeal day was enacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got a very special guest going to be on the show that day, uh, who's been on the show before, Bailey Pryor um, uh, from uh, uh, Real McCoy Rum, uh, also a, a documentary filmmaker, really intelligent fellow, uh, is going to sit down and talk to us about how many things in the current day are still similar to the things that were going on in Prohibition back then. And I don't want to give away any spoilers, but it's a pretty fascinating conversation. We're going to air that on the day that, that Prohibition was enacted 100 years ago. Pretty, yeah. pretty cool conversation. Very cool. And speaking of rum, we got some rum nerds in the room. <laughs> uh, returning uh, uh, to the show for, the, I think, are you maybe the most ever guest on the show, Austin Hartman? Oh, yeah. He's like the Steve Martin <laughs> or like Alec Baldwin on like Saturday Night Right, Live. you're going to get your like uh, fancy... Uh, you to wear the robe. I get a yeah, jacket the, at some it's, point. It's like a smoking jacket. Smoking right? jacket, yeah. With like a five on it. Yeah. Um, but I think that's just happenstance, right? You're, you're just, you lurk. You, you're hanging out at Roberta's. <laughs> you're hanging out at Roberta's Pizza all the time, having lunch on Wednesdays. Wednesday lunch, it's uh, here, and then you pop in, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna jump in on the show. And then you brought with you Bridget from Only's Rum, right? Correct. Welcome Hi. to the studio, both of you. Uh, and of course, us. and of course, Mariah's in the room as well. She's just hanging out. She said she wasn't gonna talk. Are you gonna break the rule? Just a little. Okay. <laughs> Happy to see you. Um, so yeah, uh, so Damon and I were just going to kind of use this opportunity to catch up since he hasn't been in town for a while. But you guys were lurking around and having lunch, so we dragged you into the studio, uh, and we made. Stop a saying lurking, by the way. <laughs> I'm talking directly to Austin. He's a lurker. You know he's a lurker. Look at him. Look at that shifty, shifty eyes. Um, uh, you guys were having lunch at Roberta's, uh, all in anyway, and and you reached out to me yesterday and just said, "Hey, you doing a live show tomorrow?" Uh, and I said, yeah, let's do it. So here you guys are. Um, but it is time to take a break. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back after we hear from our sponsors, and we'll, we'll hang out and chat chat rum, chat mezcal, chat repeal day, chat prohibition, chat chat it all. Everything. Stay tuned. All right. My name is Paul Willis. I'm a fifth-generation hog farmer, and I owned and operated the Willis Free Range Pig Farm for over 41 years. I've dedicated my life to revitalizing sustainable hog farming methods in the Midwest and moving farms away from the common industrial practices. In 1998, I established the Nyman Ranch Pork Company. I'm proud to say Nyman Ranch has since grown into a network of over 740 independent family farmers and ranchers today. At Nyman Ranch, our animals are raised with care. We believe that the quality of an animal's life impacts the quality of the meat. Our high standards were developed with the help of animal welfare expert, Dr. Temple Grandin, and are among the strictest in the industry. All of our animals live outdoors or in deeply bedded pens, and they're never given antibiotics or added hormones ever, and are only fed a high quality 100% vegetarian diet. 
Whether they're raising hogs, cattle, or lamb, Nyman Ranch farmers and ranchers share our commitment to traditional farming. Raising livestock in the way our parents and grandparents did and supporting our rural communities. We share a common belief that humane and sustainable methods produce the best possible flavor. Learn more about our work at Nyman Ranch at nymanranch.com. And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. We've got our friends in the studio. We've got Raya. We've got Bridget. We've got Austin. And we've got you. You're back. Got, yeah. Like I'm so happy to see you in your chair. Yeah. I, I usually sit on the people can't see the studio, but I usually sit with my back to the booth where Jeet is, and you sit facing him so you get the cues to come back in. But when you're not here, I have to sit in your chair. Yeah, so I, I feel noticed. Like the room's back. I've seen I've seen pictures. Yeah. I, I hope you, you I noticed because I farted right. on it. <laughs> Are my farts lingering? Well, it's kind of got like this meshy kind of thing, so I think it's I don't think it lingers. Clear. It's <laughs> Cool. So uh, that's our show for today. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Welcome back, David. <laughs> so okay. So before the the break, we were talking about. Um, oh, I, you know, actually, I just wanted I want to know what's going on with you guys. I mean, like, I know Mariah. Like, we've been talking. Like, we keep in touch pretty often about like what's going on with Bonaz. Like, you've been really like working up that brand and like getting it out there. I see it like everywhere now. And knowing from our time spent together working with Brooklyn Jen, like I know that you're you're just really good at making that shit happen. So Aww, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, they actually have a, a Bonnet's Mescal drink on the menu here at Roberta's. They do. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, totally. And it <laughs> they finally brought on Brooklyn Jen after I left after <laughs> six years of, of pushing them for it. Um, Conflict of interest. You yeah, know. you can't be in the studio and have a drink on the menu. Yeah, you know what goes really well with like mezcal is rum. I like I've yeah. always like done like I, I love mm-hmm. like there's there's certain like kind of weird mashups with certain spirits. Like I like scotch and gin together mm-hmm. in cocktails. It's kind of a weird combo. You wouldn't really think of it, but like I think rum and mezcal, rum and agave really like cane and agave mm-hmm. really go well together. They're kind of like kind. Of, wouldn't you say that agave and like cane are kind of in they're kind of cousins in a weird way. Like, I mean, they're both essentially grasses of sorts, right? Yeah. I mean, they're not. It's like, well, they, you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. They're just they're, nodding they're their heads. Plants. at you. <laughs> they're both looking at you like. I mean, like, they're my the two favorite things. Yeah. So they're not okay. I'll, you're not. You're not that. looking at like a fruit distillate versus like a grain distillate. Sure. You're, you're, right. They're they're close enough. That's what I'm saying. They're like kind of cousins. Roger that. So they they work really well. Again. I do. It's yeah. funny that you mentioned. I don't really think about it straightforward, but I do. I do do that myself, you know. Uh, and and so does my team. Like Blake had a drink on the previous menu to Mori Margo that was uh, we call it the cartographer because it was all over the map, right? But it had <laughs> but it had mezcal along with pot still Jamaican rum, yeah. uh, and a, several other things. But but yeah, that, that that combination brings something forward in both things. Yeah. Ne- neither party is a loser in that situation. Just us. Yeah. We're the only we're losers the winners, in that man. party. No, we're, <laughs> we're always the losers I mean, at the party. Both categories too, like, are so versatile in terroir that yeah, you can take one in one category and one from the other, and you'll find a perfect like harmonious balance. Yeah, sure. There's enough uh, spread of uh, you know characteristics that you can find a couple couplings. Yeah, all throughout the the, the categories of both. That's pretty rad. Um, so Bridget, let's talk about your rum. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on with that lately? 
What's up with that? Yeah, what's up with that? Lady? Uh, yeah, so the most recent news, I was actually, when Austin and I were chatting at lunch, like, I've been thankful to be on the show lurking. for lurking uh, <laughs> a couple of times now, but we've never talked about my most recent Oni's release, which is cool. Um, we're s- s- seven years old, a little over seven years old now. It started, which is amazing. Seven years yeah. ago. Yeah. I remember when you first started and yeah. you were on the show. Yeah. 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 So, um, I guess the most recent news is we launched a, um, new white rum, uh, which is a blend of a rum, an aged rum from the Dominican Republic and our Oni's original. And that's what uh, one of the things Austin's been helping us out with in terms of spreading the word and getting it placed here at lovely Roberta's on the menu, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, it was inspired basically by prohibition in a lot of ways. And a lot of the trades of or tricks of rum runners were to import exclusive, high-quality aged reserves, typically from Cuba, and like any good drug dealers, cut it with stuff they made in their basement or, or wherever else dealers. yeah <laughs> and you know Good business person bad. Yeah. yeah double double their reserves so um i thought it would be a really cool way to pay homage to the caribbean which is obviously the most influential place of rum combining it with american rub history adding an age dimension to a product so um and also paying a little bit of homage to my love for uh fresh pressed juice rum so we've imported a two-year-old um, fresh pressed juice rum from the DR. Um, it's aged in uh, old bourbon barrels. We blend it with still proof Oni's original, and then we cut that all down at the distillery. And uh, yeah, we launched that last year, so that's been our most recent focus. Um, I think it's a great, do you, do great balance. See, yeah. Do you see like rum getting out there into into different territory than it has before? Because I like I've seen recently some really. Cool, fucking crazy shit going on with like rum influence in other parts of the business like for instance like uh, I gotta get a like a quick shout out to my buddy Isaac Shumway he just opened up a bar called California Gold in my town in San Rafael California in Marin and he's been around the San Francisco cocktail bar scene for a while he just opened the spot and they have this boiler maker that is like completely driven towards I just feel like it's just driven. It's they just put this boiler maker on for the industry. It's a shot of Fernet, duh. Yeah. But then <laughs> this beer, and it's a fucking banana daiquiri sour beer. Whoa! So, <laughs> so I try that. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, but I've been I've been seeing a lot of like rum influence. Like, was like, is it Innocent Gun? Is that mm-hmm. the the beer that like they Scott. do like the they aged the, it in scotch barrels? Yeah, right. They've done, like, I think they did a Caribbean rum barrel aged one, too. Uh, right. Unless I'm thinking about it. But, like, it started, like, kind of, like, that, they've been doing that for, like, I don't know, almost a decade now, I think. Yeah. But, like, it's starting to, like, you're starting to, at least I'm starting to see, like, rum kind of, like, finding its way into other, like, Shh, yeah, corners. Yeah, sure. I mean, I have, uh, I have the Man- Mancino Vermouth, uh, which is cask aged in uh, Don Q barrels. Mm-hmm. Right? Rum's finding its way into... Into all sorts of categories, even scotch and whiskey. There's yeah. like finishes and like and the barrel, barrel, yeah, like the barrel, the barrel program, whiskey. yeah, the uh, the, the barrel whiskey. They have that the cast. the tail of two cask or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and like yeah, yeah, so it's like it's really yeah. I'll say from someone cool. that's been hustling this this rum, you know, on the street, you know, hitting the streets for seven years now. The first, I would say, maybe three to 
two to four years. I don't know. Time is escaping me. Every knocking on doors, buyers would be like, "Oh, but like, when's the whiskey coming?" And I'm like, "No, no. My like vision is to bring rum distilling back to New York and make really awesome, cool rums." And they'd be like, mm, "Let us know when the whiskey's coming." Positive note is the past three to four years, the opposite's been happening. Like, oh, rum, awesome. Yeah. Like, tell me about it. I want to learn more and like a real keen interest from the trade. And that's, you know, our gateway to the consumer, much more menu placement and acknowledgement. And that's, you know, the consumer's trusting you guys to tell them what's good. And you're telling them rum's good. And so hopefully they continue to get more educated. They're ordering it more. And, you know, yeah. so it goes, hopefully. I mean, like, I know that, like, Whiskey Fest was yesterday here in New York City. Why don't we have, like... Well, we do. Like, a, but, like... Why isn't it at the level of Whiskey Fest? Well, yeah, it's got to grow, I it's suppose. Getting there. Um, it is getting there. Uh, and, and are there other rum producers here in New York? Are you the only one? Uh, as far as I know, I'm the only one. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Because there's so much distilling going on in this In New York in City or New York City? State? Yeah. Both. I know mm-hmm. that Tuttletown did one that was like, so yeah. it was called like the Roggins Rum. Yes, it, yes, yes. It? I do remember that. I have that. a bottle of that somewhere. Like, I don't. But that, that was just like a still one-off. Pr- produce it. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a one-off. And I know that um, uh, Van Brunt did do North. Do do, do North. Do, do North. I don't know if they still do. I don't know. I I see their whiskey a lot. Um, I haven't I seen the Do North in a minute. Yeah. And then also, is Brookshire in New York? Hmm. I don't know. Isn't the, you're the Rome nerd? <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. horrible at locations though. Uh, anything north of. Well, yeah, uh, the Bronx. Like, <laughs> like, hundred distillery or anything over north of 14th Street. Everything is upstate at that point. Yeah, uh, it's upstate. upstate. Canada yeah. is upstate. Upstate Massachusetts. Well, you know, like Patoro in in the Bronx, I think. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. You you know more about. Well, either way, what we're saying here, I think overall, is that it's 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 hard for us to sit here and come up with them. There there aren't many, and they aren't they aren't representing. Yes. So you're representing New York distilling and yes. making rum. Yes, which is. A powerfully unique thing and yes. good, good, good position to be in. You've been doing it for seven years now. Yeah, yeah. Just seven years later, and you came from finance, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, 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 crunching numbers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> once you like look back on the last seven years, I mean, like, you knew. Are you still happy with with what yes. your decision was? Yes. It's. I do think about it like quite often because like <laughs> I didn't grow up saying like I'm gonna be a rum distiller, you know, and it just sort of organically happened. It felt like I, you know, this you, was what I meant to was meant to do. You know what's interesting about that though, is that I think we're at a time now, especially what we we're talking about before, like with education, like the kind of like curve of of the the presence of the information, the education that's out there now. It's like. I'm, I'm not saying that like there's going to be a bunch of kids out there being like I'm going to be a distiller one day. Yeah. Like it's, but it's not that far off. I mean, when you think about like all the cooking shows and like drink shows and like education out there, it's like we're starting to see a lot more like professional like career bartenders coming up at way younger ages. Yeah. You know that like know their shit before they're even legally allowed to drink alcohol. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a greater amount. We there's a, a greater amount of interest has been generated over. Through all those things, through all the educational programs I mean, we have, and Kaim Dowerman was like one of is, them, frankly, right? Yeah, he was mixing stuff in his dorm room. Yeah, I think Aaron Polsky too. <laughs> yeah, he was way underage. I, I guess I'm just business. like naming all the people <laughs> used to work for you at Amore Margo. <laughs> <laughs> and more focused like it, it being a craft, from like distilling to yeah. hospitality. It's it's more treated as like this is a profession versus this is just a job you have while you're making your movie in college. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is amazing. Were you making movies in college? <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> you were doing fan fiction. And then, and, like, I, and then I dropped out of college for bartending, so uh, it, it worked out. Yeah. Nice. Uh, here we are. Um, Wait, okay, so what were your films that you were making? <laughs> I mean, because you're, you're, like, really into in comic books and, like, sci-fi and, like... Yeah, nerdy comic like, book, nerdy uh, comic early show. movies, yeah. Yeah, so soon. were you doing, like... Short films about superheroes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Can we see them? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll get some. We'll, they're on the internet. We'll get some. Links. Oh, they're on the internet. We'll get Lincoln some Lincoln bio. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and so now you've started something new as well. Uh, well, there's a couple of new things that you, you mentioned to me that you started. Rum, rum Boy, Rum Girl, or is it Rum Girl, Rum Boy? Which is the way does it go? Uh, rum Boy, Rum Girl. Yeah. It's a... Plan the boy, the boy gets top billing. The damned uh, jet boy, jet girl. Okay, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, it's the my girlfriend Jane and I. We do a Jane lot of rum. danger. Jane danger. We do a lot of uh, rum stuff together, and so kind of just cataloging our pop ups, uh, co collaborations on cocktails, and fun travels throughout the Caribbean and things. That's pretty rad. Yeah. How's that going? It's good. Uh, last night we actually did a. Uh, Speaking of nerdy stuff, we did a Star Trek tiki pop-up at Featherweight. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> saw folks for that. How was that? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we got to wear uh, Starfleet uniforms and Star Trek t-shirts. And Did anyone wear their lucky red away team shirt? Jane did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she survived the mission. Uh, there was a lot of cool puns and nerdy references. and It was like kind of building up to that. It's like, a, you know, we get to collaborate on things because we have our different various works, so... Finding time to work together on things has been really cool. Yeah, that is pretty rad. Yeah, and what's what's the coolest place you've been to so far? Like on these these excursions to check out like different rum locale. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a loaded question. They're they're all like unique and special. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. There you go. <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> Oni's rum. I think we got a show. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Dak Shack. <laughs> yeah, the Dak Shack. Get the Dak Shack at Oni's rum. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean travel. Uh, Every island has their own unique, beautiful pockets to it. So, I mean, and all the rum is super delicious. Yeah. Uh, re- we recently just got back from Puerto Rico, did a little pop-up at uh, Bar Penultima in Center. Oh, yeah. I can love those guys. Yeah, Steven Friends is a, the is a good bud. The Hopis. Yeah, the Hopis are the best. Yeah. And then uh, Steven, Jane, and I popped over to VAKs, hung out with our buds at Duffy's and uh, there's actually a new distillery about to open soon on Vieques, which was really exciting to check out. Which is just a little tiny neighboring island that's still part of Puerto Rico, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get to go there when I went to Puerto Rico, but they were like, we got to go next time. So I'm Oh, yeah, Vieques, Culebra, tiny, beautiful, tiny little islands are doing really well right now in Post Maria. And you have a little bit of a plan for that place, right? You want to talk about that? No? So you don't have any, so you don't have any plans for that. I just Jeet, love that place. Jeet, edit that out. Uh, <laughs> I just love that place. Uh, gotcha. It's live. You can't edit that out. <laughs> uh, the, the more time you can spend down there, the more projects you can do to cultivate. Like, um, like there's still work to be done post-Maria. And it's the more you can do, the better. Uh, yeah, like, of course. I mean, the biggest thing is like promoting tourism, bringing people back down to the island. Uh, finances and surplus is the best. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons that I went down. I was, I wanted to like go go and give back and, you know, get in the mix and spend some money. You know, like that's what they need uh, after all that stuff. And it's you know, I feel like 
it's out of the news, so people don't think about it as much. But recovery from such a massive incident is is a slow process. You know, I, I lived for years in New Orleans and grew up on the North Gulf Coast of Florida. Like I'm, I'm well acquainted with the slow recovery from hurricanes. Oh, so, yeah, it gets yeah. washed over so quickly. I mean, like, well, literally yeah, yeah. and figuratively. Right. Like, yeah. It, like, that's well, just the media. Sure, I mean, sure. I mean, except just, for us, we're the, we're awesome. It's the as far yeah. as media goes, but it's the nature. You know. It's the nature of human beings. You know, like once the initial trauma and and excitement is has died down, uh, or the know, next you, bad thing happens you, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Our and attention then, gets pulled away. There's also that, that stigma too of like people think like, oh, they're post this hurricane. It's it's just totally destroyed down there. I don't want to go down there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally wrong. When I went, I honestly I saw no signs of it. Zero. And we hopped all over the island. We went we went from uh, the north side to the uh, south side of the island. We we were in the mountains. We were on the beaches. We we went everywhere. I didn't see a single sign of of anything terrible. I just wanted to be there and spend some money. So exactly, we hopped all over the island and crushed a as bunch much of as we could. Cut, drink a bunch of medias and a lot of Don Medaya, that little tiny mm-hmm. beer. Yeah, <laughs> right. You, you know, you don't feel like you had a bunch of them if, you, if they're tiny. You're like, I had fifty beers last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It doesn't seem like anything. <laughs> Uh yeah, pretty pretty exceptional place, and I, it was my first visit by the way. It was January of last year, so it was just oh, almost a year ago. Um, but I had such a great time, and I hung out with the Hopis at their bar, La Pinaltima. Uh, what a what a you know they were uh, inspirational, and during the during the hurricane, they were one of the few places that had that remained having power. So they were like a community station for people to come and charge their phones and catch up on the news and all the things. So yeah, they were also at uh, the I think one of the first places to have uh, internet. Oh yeah, yeah, that too, right? right. Yeah. yeah, so people, so people would just congregate, and, news, yeah. and uh, all the all the restaurants in the nearby surrounding area that like their uh, kitchens were going down, like all the refrigeration was done. They would bring their food to Penultima. They would cook it up and just give it away for free. Yeah, they had a bunch of grills was, out back. They're just yeah. banging it out. Um, yeah, awesome stuff, Puerto Rico. Let's all go. Let's uh, all go. Yeah. Go to Puerto Let's Rico. Go I mean, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going down for. Um, it's uh, it's tails on tour again next year. Oh yeah, uh, in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be going down for that. So let's all go together. Let's all go. I think um, we go in January again as well. And what, talk to me a little bit about you, again. You mentioned just briefly to me. I don't know anything about it. What's Doom Tiki? Oh, tiki Doom Tiki. Doom, Actually, Doom Mariah tiki. can jump in on this one too. Yeah. Uh, Doom Tiki is uh, kind of a new uh, project that uh, Chalky Tom, who. Is an amazing person. Yep, I feel like best friends. I think everyone in the world has met and knows Chucky. (laughs) Like she's like one of the most internationally known people I think I've ever met. (laughs) Uh, She kind of came up with this idea of Doom Tiki, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Um, It's kind of a way of getting kind of away from the cultural appropriation side of Tiki, but still celebrating what the fun of Tiki is. I love it, Uh, and. She loved doom music and doom metal, so we kind of ran with it. Uh, we do it once a month at Paradise Lounge, uh, the second Tuesday of every month, and it's a different guest bartender and a different charity. Yeah. Uh, Bonhez is a huge staple sponsor for it, as is Oni's. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a fun way of doing Tiki New. Yeah. I'm, it's tropical. It, they're tropical drinks. Tropical drinks, yeah. but doomy. Doomy. And Doomy. Hashtag and dark at the same time. <laughs> I know there's like there's been a lot of conversations lately uh, going around about like, you know, like you said, cultural appropriation of like tiki drinks and Polynesian culture and all this stuff. And so like, yeah, I think it's really like I think it's a it's a 
really progressive way of like still enjoying the, all the flavors and like the beautiful design of these drinks without you know stepping on any like cultural toes. Yeah, you know, like yeah. uh, and and Chucky's done an amazing job of kind of curating this this concept uh, and bringing like community in. I mean, from aside from the charitable aspect, which changes every month, uh, bringing in different guest bartenders to express kind of their tropical drinks in a doomy sense outside of maybe where they would normally be working. Uh, she has DJs build playlists from around the world that she knows to kind of curate the night. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a, an awesome celebration. Like our, our kind of like our most known mug that we sell is like a, one of the cat paw mugs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we do corpse paint on. And you can buy those. Oh, and the, <laughs> They're so cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a, a cat tiki mug that you have corpse paint on. And that's like skeletons yeah. and skulls and stuff like sure. that. Yeah. yeah. That sounds it's a fun pretty rad. Which is actually Listen. like the, the skull mugs have always been like kind of like a, a pretty important part of like old tiki drinks like design sure. anyway, right? And so it's like kind of playing towards that yeah. kind of crazy side. Like there's that bar. I, I talk about this bar like all the damn time, but it's called Kindred. It's in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, I love metal. That bar. I've been that there with you. Metal awesome. vegan yeah. bar. It's a metal <laughs> vegan bar, and like they're they're Nothing's like things more metal than vegan. Yeah. <laughs> they're like tiki mug. I'm air quoting tiki mugs are like just like crazy like three eyed wolves and shit like that. It's like it, but they're beautiful, right? Yeah. You know, and like the whole place is gorgeous. It's like yeah. a it's a airy light like well, white. And it's all pink, pink and, and gold. And, and, <laughs> yeah, there's like twall, but if you look at the there's it's cats like, everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's demons cool. fucking each other. <laughs> yeah, hidden in damask wallpaper designs. It's like yeah. it's the cool. Have you ever been there? Somewhere? Yeah, I've been there. Okay, cool. Yeah, when I went out last time, I went out to visit Castro. Polite for reasons, we went over. It's the fucking coolest. But I, I like I like that like. Kind of making it new and different, yeah. you know, and not necessarily. I kind of feel like in, in 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 a certain way, that's what tiki is, right? It's kind of always evolving and changing and becoming new on itself, right? Yeah. And, and the baseline is tiki is fun. I mean, we've we've yeah. talked about this before. Tiki yeah, yeah. Is supportive. Yeah. It's fun, but you can do it consciously and. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you don't want to piss anybody off just to have fun, right? I totally understand that. Which is funny because Chucky is like a very punk rock. Like she. She like bars in it at the Warsaw, which is like still does. I think, yeah, so yeah. yeah, occasionally does, and that's like, you know, that's like an iconic place in Brooklyn to go see like all the like rad like old punk bands. They still like right. they they still play there like when they're on tour. Like you can go see like even like the Sonic. I saw the Sonics play the, there. The, the Spits are playing next week. Yeah, yeah I mean, like it's fucking crazy, man. Like so, yeah, Let's Chucky go. knows her shit. <laughs> uh, I can go after the market. Market closes at eight. We can catch the spits. Yeah. Let's catch the spits next but week. But you don't. You don't have to piss people out to be punk rock. Yeah, right. Or do you? I think you just have to be pissed. Yeah, maybe <laughs> be pissed it. about the system. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be yeah. pissed about something. Yeah, you don't Ra- piss off the other people that are like with you. Yeah, like. yeah, raise your flag and sword against something. Um, I, I how do I sign up? I'll I'll come guest bartend at uh, Doom Tiki. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. for sure. January, you're in. Okay, if you're around, I'm I'm around. Cool. Uh, I do like in okay. homage to like Gary Regan. I'll do like a fucking wolf claw stir Negroni. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just your biggest uh, metal ring of like a like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like a wolf head or yeah, totally into it. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'm, put it together. I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I'm putting I'm, in the books right now. I'm pledging right here on the live radio show. On live radio, I'll, I'll come and do one next year. 
Absolutely. in January if we can. It's January. Once a month or? It's, uh, we, well, we're doing it once other? a month right now at Paradise, the second Tuesday. But we kind of want to, we've been talking like taking on the road. Oh, cool. Um, kind of doing like Doom Tiki pop-ups like in Chicago at Lost Lake. Or, sure. Uh, in San Francisco. Coming to see you, Damon. Yeah, man. Go um, out to Navy Strength in Seattle and fuck with Chris Elford. Yeah, and actually, uh, so next Tuesday is the second Tuesday, and it's our uh, final of the year, Black Christmas, Doom Tiki. Hail Santa. Hail Santa. Hail Santa. <laughs> uh, and our friends from Trailer Happiness are coming over from oh, London yeah, nice. to guest bartend. So it's going to be like the most epic Doomy, Doom Tiki of the year. Cool. And that's next Tuesday? Next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Uh, next Tuesday, 8 Mark p.m. at Paradise Lounge. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and make it so I can see what I've signed myself up for. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> oh, I've made plenty of mistakes in my life. Uh, but, you know, I, I subscribe to the, uh, you know, uh, the, the Hemingway rule of always do sober what you promise while drunk. And I'm not saying I'm drunk. I'm also not saying I'm not, <laughs> but I'll also finish that statement. People stop there all the time. Always do sober what you promise you do drunk is what everybody remembers. Yep. The next yeah. line is, that'll teach you to keep your damn mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to make a sacrifice a rag zarak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do a, a goat milk washed yeah. rye. <laughs> like, in there. It's going to be fucking metal as hell. And I did it on the Can full moon. Right, Absolutely. We'll, we'll do that. All right, we'll figure that one out. Um, Sacrifice a rack. And yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm totally cool. I'm well, totally we have it. I have it. Uh, we'll deal with overhold. Let's plan it. You'll be there too. We'll I have it on it. air. And uh, yeah, cool. We'll, we'll take some snaps and post some photos. Yeah, man. We're in. Uh, for the listeners, we all just uh, cut our hands and shaking our hands. Yeah, yeah. Blood. We made a blood pact. Blood and spit. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds awesome. What charities are you sponsoring? Give me, can you name a few? And what's, do you have an ethos with the charities? Or are you just picking one? Doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, that's more on Chalky's department. Okay. Because um, I feel like it would be, uh, I'm not throwing anything at you, but I, th- I would say like it seems like if the, uh, the notion of Doom Tiki is to kind of kill the appropriation of it, then, I mean, then like, maybe the charity should be driven towards like things that maybe have been hurt by this. Uh, well, so like last month was November, Thanksgiving. Uh, we did a charity for, I don't know the exact one, but it was towards uh, for indigenous people. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, I dig it. Yeah. Yeah, a couple months ago we supported the Aloha Aina Fund, which supports the protesters at uh, Mauna Kea. Cool. So it's been some really great um, indigenous groups that Chalky has. Right on. Uh, yeah, she's smart. Curated. I know she's taken care of. I'm sure. Yeah. The and it, it's, 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 it's mm-hmm. also like a very conversation of. chop the top of the mountain off to. They don't want to chop the top of the mountain off. They want to put a very large telescope on Big top of telescope. the mountain. Big like, telescope. I like, I don't like, I like the idea that they want to chop off the top of the mountain. They don't want to do Because that. then it makes me even more pissed off. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just want to protest more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that telescope's about the size of a football field. So no. that's. It's also, a holy mountain. Yeah. It's also the 14th telescope they're going to put on top of that mountain. So. Jeez. They don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. If you telescope. haven't seen it yet, we don't need to see it at all, right? Yeah, right. That's, that's my thing. Whatever you're looking <laughs> for, whatever you're looking tries. for, it's not out there. Yeah, it's not there, man. Sorry, pale blue dot and all. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go down that philosophical road. Um, oh, I do. What? Uh, <laughs> so we we've been just sort of bouncing up and down our, our impromptu panel here. Uh, what what's coming next for for the mezcal? Um, we just had two new releases, two new single expressions that hit the market uh, in October, which we're really excited about. One that's extremely limited. We only have 25 cases of it. It's a Habali um, that uh, just came out. And then we also had a Mexicano that's going to be more of a permanent uh, addition to the lineup. So that brings the number of expressions that we have now available to eight. 
um, which is really oh, wow. exciting. Eight expressions, and, and one of them is going to be 20, you said 25 cases? Yeah, it's in the market right now, yeah. Oh, it's, that's here. Okay, that's okay. Here. There's yeah. more than that. Just, in the United States. But, I was about to say, that's some small production right there. It, yeah, I mean, that's the sort of the beauty of Bana is we have this well product that's available here at, at Roberta's, which is really great. Um, that's sort of the Espadin Barrio, the cultivated agave. But that being part of a co-op-owned brand it allows us to sort of help the these smaller batches, these smaller releases come to the market. Otherwise, um, probably wouldn't make it. And it's pretty amazing that that certainly sustains some some uh, you know some family farms I'm sure right yeah so and it encourages because what I hear and I could be totally off base here but what I hear a lot with mezcal is um, it's a family business but the the youngsters get up and go off to um, you know college or what have you and they don't want to come back so then suddenly the businesses are kind of dying based on the non you know we talk about sustainability all the time sort of the non sustainability of the kind of the workforce because the workforce is family and. They're like, well, I went off to the city or somewhere else to go to college, and I don't want to go back to that life. Yeah. Right. So if we can get those things to market, then we can prove that, that it is a good thing to come back to from college and, and those farms and those things can keep going. Yeah, there are a variety of different business models that a lot of the different mezcal brands um, are using. Bonas itself is a cooperative of 38 members. Um, about uh, 24, 22 of those are actually distillers. The rest of them are families, entire communities that have lands that they farm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Being able to add to the local community in this way, doing sort of a, a scalable, sustainable uh, free trade mezcal. They own the brand. There's no large corporation or multinational sort of interest that's between the market and, and the farmers, the cooperative that produce it. Mm. It's one of the reasons why I'm very proud to represent the brand uh, in the American market. Really represents sort of a, a third path. A lot of times you hear quality versus quantity. And I feel like being able to to support this cooperative sort of structure, being able to bring this product to the market, I think is a really important third way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, what have you, so here, I'm, I'm just hedging, I'm going down the list here because I'm thinking to myself, okay, what am I going to do with this thing that I just signed up for? So we're going to use some <laughs> Bonas Mezcal. Yes. And Always. some Oni's Rum. So which of the expressions should I be interested in? You just, you mentioned your new one. What's it called? And how many do you have now? Three. After seven years, you got three expressions now. They all start with the uh, original base. It's all, um, the original is the original. It's basically um, fermented for six to eight days at cold temps at 75 degrees. So we force a lot of esters to form. And then it's um, a low rectification distillation. So we cut it about 164 proof, capturing a lot of that flavor. And then that 164 proof becomes the like, feedstock for the line right so the uh original is just diluted back down to 80 using that still proof and then we have an overproof at 130 right and now we have the uh, most recent blend which is 164 proof oni's original 140 proof cast strength uh, rum from the dr and then that's blended down to 80 so if i was doing some tiki stuff the overproof is Super awesome and great for tiki cocktails and only available in New York. So uh, ding, ding. I would go Got with it. that. <laughs> ding, ding. All right, I'm already planning. I'm mapping out my menu <laughs> as we that, speak. everyone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many drinks do I have to come up with? Uh, four or five. Four or five. Okay, that's easy. All right. All yeah, right. you guys were thinking this. I think it's like 12 or something. Oh, no, no, no. We have like our, our kind of like doomed tiki house standards. Okay, got it. And then guest bartender. Just contributes a couple, yeah. yeah. Got it, got it. Okay, cool. You guys should like do a zombie or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm totally, I'm totally excited, and we'll get it on the calendar. We'll make it happen. Yep. Uh, and and don't forget uh, to the listener that this Tuesday uh, is the next one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the tenth. Doom Tiki at uh, 
Paradise Lounge in what's the, what's the neighborhood again? Ridgewood. Ridgewood, Ridgewood Queens. Yeah, in Queens. Six um, seven eight Woodward Avenue. Cool man. Um, Damon, I feel like you got something to say over there. Yeah, We're I do. Getting close well, to wrapping up the show. I do want to say this. Um, I'm so happy that like that we're all sitting here in the studio together. Yeah. I'm really psyched to be here. I've been here in like a couple months. The energy you bring, I love it. Um, well, I'm I'm absorbing it. <laughs> you left in the chair. Uh, oh, I left stuff in the chair. Believe me. Yeah, I, yeah. You always do. You always do. Um, but yeah, I want to say thanks to our guests today, and it's great to like it's a great time of year to be able to be around friends, family. Um, I do want to mention, and when a great, I'd like to raise a glass for one of our family members that unfortunately passed away a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, our good friend at on Pacific Northwest, Rocky Ed, passed away, age forty-two. Forty-two, young. Yeah, more like it. Um, great guy. Everyone knew him, knows him. Um, I was going to take my shirt off in the studio today. In honor of, like, we always... We're like, all shirtless. No one can see us. Yeah, yeah. We're all shirtless right now. We, we are actually all shirtless. Um, amazing guy. Biggest heart in the world. Uh, just an incredible person and sorely missed, man. Like, I, I don't even know what to say. It's like, it's hard to say anything about it. It's just like, you know, I just want to make sure that we... It's know. always a shock when someone goes so young. Yeah. And especially when someone is such a powerful and lively force right he was a very lively person mm-hmm. um and, and he wasn't you know quiet uh, uh every minute of his day seemed to be striving for uh ebulliency and, and effervescence and joy that he not only wanted to have for himself that he wanted to share with everyone around him so and that's uh, that's exactly how we should all be treating our our lives as well you yeah. know especially with each other so, so i think i would just add to that whole <clears throat> statement there that uh you know Everything's busy. We're all busy. Um, but you need to, to make sure you're taking time to reach out to the people that you know and, uh, and share that, you, that you're thinking about them and that you love them. Indeed. Yeah. So here's to Rocky. Here's to Rocky. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 On that note, guys, girls, people, <clears throat> everyone out there, I want to wish everyone a happy, safe, lovely holiday season. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank our guests again today for being here. Um, I I just just really happy to be around and all these amazing people. So and glad you made it back. I'm I am too, man. Sorry, I haven't been here for a while. That's but, right. But you know what? I always think about this way, like with with my good friends. It's like you know, it's only been a couple months, but I always know that my my actual like good friends meet back up with them. It's like no time ever even passed. Yeah, you just pick right back up and you keep going. Don't skip a beat. So, that said, um, I guess that's going to wrap us for the speakeasy this week. Thank you again, Mariah, Bridget, Austin, Souther. Thanks, Damon. All of our listeners. Um, I do want to say, again, thank you for everyone who supported us over the last 10 years at Heritage Radio Network. And especially for those who came out to support us at our our 10-year gala. Uh, that That was a blast. Yeah. I always love doing those events. Like when you've got like a bunch of different like chefs and drinks people around because there's always like you you know like especially as bartenders like whenever you're there at these different types of events I always have this checklist it's like all the things you forget to bring it's like you gotta have like you you always want to bring your own bar towels just (laughs) because towels Uh, ice scoops you always Mm -hmm. miss out pour spouts Uh, funnels for cheater bottles 
Um, I always bring like a, a little bottle of something for like other people who are working and beer for the other chefs. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, over the last couple of years, I'm always like, eh, I'm going to bring a quote unquote bar back. That's just someone that I put on the list that can run around and grab food from all the right. chefs <laughs> and run drinks to them. So, uh, Personal I want runner. Yeah. Um, so like, it's, it's always a good time. So, uh, that said also like, thank you for being my co-host. Thanks for heritage radio network for having us on for so long. And, um, you know, I, I do want to say that if you can, we're still like going through uh, the holiday season. If you can, and you feel up to it, go to heritage radio network.org, click on the beating heart to donate to the station. We are a nonprofit. So your donations definitely help us help us no they just straight up keep us on the air yep um and we would absolutely appreciate any of that and hell even if you're in town just like we've often uh put out there if you want to come hang out in the studio while we tape a show just let us know yeah come drop by yeah just like these lurkers yeah just lurk around (laughs) (laughs) just lurk around All right, you got anything else? I got nothing, buddy. All right, well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many other programs like this one. Until next week, cheers, y'all, and happy holidays. Thanks so much. Happy holidays. Love you guys. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>